Opportunities, free advice, but not for cheap old gambling wheels, shaded deals. Leave me back here to my And good evening for this Monday, November 20th, 2023, Star Trek D Space Nine Season 7, Episode 1, Image in the Sand is over, and it has been for about 30 years, but we're just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast. 20 years? No trip, this is D Space Nine, we're back, we're back for 30 years. 30 years, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked Deep Space Nine here on Live Long and Podcast. Uh, we've, we've, I think, off for six months. You know, we've been cleaning clams behind uh, Joseph Sisko's restaurant, but we're, we're, we're ready to get back at it, back into space, deep space, that is. Um, I'm joined, of course, by my cousin and yours, uh, Davin Skelhorn. How's it going? Good, good, sir. We're Thanks here. We're walking us. the promenade. Walking the promenade yet yeah. this, this time. That's all. Yes, the only with difference. Esri. Uh, and thank you for that song that uh, that is our new intro for this podcast. Um, oh, Walking that promenade. Um, yeah. So that's that was very very nice of you to to supply that. And of course, uh, Kevin Millard been with us since season one, I believe. Uh, back yet since, again since nineteen seventy eight. As a matter of fact. Oh, since 1978, even, <laughs> you know, not 20, 30, 40 something years. Uh, but we're all here to break down yet another years? episode. Yeah, years. You, you don't um, want to day over 58. Oh, that's how it goes. Um, and of course, we have our live stream here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. This is a live podcast. Uh, we got Norman with us. Uh, th- thanks. Uh, yeah, we're glad to be back. Uh, we got Sam with us coming from Newfoundland uh i'll have rain yes that's right um <laughs> one two three course, who was singing that was davin singing that song uh but he only wants to know if adam and jody are coming you know so hey well adam's gonna be late and jody was so heartbroken that adam was gonna be late he couldn't he couldn't do it he couldn't even bring himself <laughs> to be he's like now i'm busy that's what that Poor was fragile jody just couldn't yeah. live disappointment um sam sam pointed out he was not even alive in 1998 when this came out well we're going to educate you son uh and get into this uh and tell you a little bit about a great star trek show called star trek d space nine um so guys image in the sand it's the season seven premiere um it's like season seven is really more so than the other seasons a, a more like narrative season like a more like like built out 
with sort of like an arc, I guess, and sort of the things that have been set up in the previous seasons, like the Dominion War, like, you know, the the, the whole thing with Cisco being the emissary uh, and other things. But, um, you know, there, I, I feel like it's a little bit more planned out in this season you know we we get we get we will get some random episodes here we'll get like a baseball episode and a couple and a mirror universe episode along and a lot way. of esri and a lot of esri because they'll give esri more episodes um than they ever gave jed in six seasons in one season so you know we'll see how we feel about them as we go through them um but uh let's get let's get back onto this episode image in the sand um and and let's talk a little bit about it um let's go to you first uh kevin um how is this for you on the rewatch uh i like this it's uh probably only really because i know what's coming though it's a good setup for for everything um you know i like i like the wharf the uh the, the, the i like that we're, we're coming in three months later and we're seeing like Worf is not over, obviously, Jadzia's death, and neither is Cisco really. And the I I didn't know at the time, like the first time watching this, where they were going with Cisco's mom. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, overall it's it's good. Uh, so, I, I, I'm excited for when Adam shows up because apparently he's never watched uh season seven uh so he watched this for the yeah. first time yesterday i guess so when he does show up I, I'm, I'm curious to see i guess we have to be careful not to spoil everything for him in terms of where it's going um but uh you know i'm curious to see what his reaction was to it uh and yeah. now to you davin uh this season seven and more specifically season seven episode one image in the sand where where, where are you at with this I always really like this episode, actually. I mean, it's a very Cisco-focused, and I'm a Cisco guy. But I love that moment when as Ezri walks through the door, and she's just like, hey, Ben, it's me, Dax. Like, I feel like she plays this really well. She was, you know, dealt a hand that was going to be hard to follow, just based on people's not wanting Jazzy to go in the first place, even. But I think she does it well. She... You can see that little twinkle of Jadzia in there still, and the little twinkle of Curzon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see um, as the episode starts to go, and she just starts to be get more comfortable with Ben. She's like, Ben, have you gotten stranger? And, you know, gets sick of his shit and throws the baseball and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Stuff. Well, that, that that's the thing, is that... Esri, um, a different character than Jedzir, although still Dax. And so I think like all the ways they're similar and all the ways they're different will constantly be a comparison point. But how can it not be? Um, you know, she like she definitely looks I, I like when I when I I like Nicole Dubois, a fellow Canadian and a good actress. Uh, and she does a great job in this season. But I'm always like they kind of cast somebody who kind of, you know, had that doesn't look exactly like Terry Farrell, but. I think they could have cast somebody who looked very different than Terry Farrell, and that may have been more interesting uh, to tr you know play out. But they went with uh, you know a, a blue-eyed, dark-haired uh, woman, pretty woman, um, you know, and uh, you know so down the street, but and, and also in the science division, but not a science officer, uh, a, a counselor. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but this episode's not even really much about Esri. This episode's actually much yeah. more. Cisco, and it's also about 
Kira and the war and some Romulans, uh, you know, causing a muck and kind of setting up more stuff with the Dominion. We get a couple scenes with Wayu and Damar in this episode. Uh, we get um, more mentions of this Paw Wraith cult that, uh, that, that Dukat kicked off. Um, you know, sort of the end of last season, um, and, uh, and 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 planning all that. So let's, you know, we'll I, yep, sorry. I, I do think entering a counselor into this mix was a pretty fun idea because there's a <laughs> lot of like wacko characters on this station, and like they could come, probably use a full time counselor to be honest. <laughs> Especially all the war, like trauma and stuff going on. Like it True. makes sense. To it does. Yeah. Well, uh, O'Brien tried to kill himself, and the only person they had to talk to him was Julian. I'm shocked he's still alive. There, there was some other counselor that we never saw. He's just mentioned in dialogue. Like you have to go see Counselor Trelawney. It's we never, true. We never met them. Right. So, so they did have a counselor that just wasn't a character we ever saw on screen. Um, but they need a Miglamu. Yeah, Miglamu. That would have been. Yeah, uh, you don't have to puke into my mouth and ask me twice. Um, <laughs> from Star Trek uh, Lower Decks, of course. Where's uh, my Miglimo? Enjoy hell, replicator! <laughs> There's my Miglimo when you need him. Uh, but uh, I, I, it actually it makes more sense. Though, right? They don't. They don't end up really needing ever a science officer. Uh, so Jedzir's job uh, as the science officer was usually pointless, unless she was examining some old Bajoran tablet for Ben or something like that. Um, First couple but, seasons, she might have done a little science, but then the war kicked off. And, and then yeah, the, the, and she hooked up with a Klingon, and then she was just more of a fighter. Right. She became like the pilot and sort of like you know, and commanded the Defiant for a while. But hey, yeah, Jedzir's yeah, yeah. gone, guys. You you mentioned that Jadzia, he you know she the science she would do she um, translate something for for Cisco or whatever didn't matter Cisco would just end up having a vision anyway and none of it mattered so <laughs> her job was was pointless hashtag where's Jeff well that's an ongoing trending hashtag that's... that will <laughs> <laughs> uh... it's like a where's Waldo he's here you just have to find him Sam. And we need that, no that's not him that's not Jeff. no that's not, not him but derek taylor attico the 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 writer of the uh benjamin cisco autobiography would be fun to have on this podcast which this season. comes out tomorrow yes i know i have my pre-order coming it already yep. wasn't, yeah. should be yeah. there in the mail my mailbox tomorrow i saw an image wait. today where it was like young ben cisco in sort of like that um you know the wrath of khan style uniform which i guess would have still been in use yeah, when i think he i graduated. saw that as well yeah. yeah, it was like a de-aged. Uh, I don't know if it was like a younger version of Avery Brooks or not, but it, it was kind of a cool picture. But anyway, I digress. To that. Oh, we have Heather Narduzzi. Uh, What's up, Heather? She hated Ezri when she was first introduced because she was so gutted on Jedzir's senseless death and viewed Ezri as a pale replacement. I can I can understand that. You know, I was very skeptical on uh, Ezri as well uh, in the beginning. You know, like if I can remember back, that far back, but she did. Like she was completely fine, you know, and I think uh, Heather's maybe uh, came around on that as well. But you know, of course, she's a more pale replacement. She's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, okay, guys, let's jump into the screenshots. Um, so it starts off with this paw wraith cult wearing the red armbands. Uh, I, initially, I forgotten that this was the paw wraith people, and I thought they were just praying for the emissary's return. Actually, they're actually praying for the other emissary, Ducat, the emissary of the Paw race. Um, 
uh, then we 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 we. But after she many, came around. She came around on on. Uh, Heather came around. On Ezri yeah. Dax, uh, we find out here in the dialogue early on in the episode. Uh, Odo is talking to Kira that oh, Kira is now Colonel Kira, uh, more specifically Lieutenant Colonel. Um, uh, and uh, that that promotion happened off screen in this three month gap since season end of season six and the beginning of season three. So they've all had some time to. I guess process Jedzir's death too, and the things have been going on. Uh, Kira's been in charge since Cisco left, um, you know, and they're moving along, and you know they're looking at this Pa Wraith cult, you know, and, and and Kira says everybody's lost their minds, you know. They um, and Odo says people are scared, you know. They're they're they they looked at the uh, the, the wormhole's closed now. Dukat has closed off the wormhole with the Pa Wraith uh, for the time being, uh, cutting off all the Dominion from the rest of their reinforcements permanently here. But, um, you know, like that, that some Bajorans are looking at this as a return, like a new era to come in here. Uh, Kira says, well, they might be scared, but that's no reason to turn to fear and hate. And I, I did like uh, this little exchange here with Odo. It's no excuse to turn to hate and fear. In times of trouble, some people find comfort in hate and fear. In times of trouble, some people find comfort in hate and fear. Wise words, Odo. Wise words. Yeah. And then immediately after, he says, I could have them all rounded up. I got them charged with loitering. <laughs> She's like, no. But uh, he's always willing. He's always ready to do the heavy handed uh, yes. breaking. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's always he's ready to always... infringe on people's rights to, for, yeah. the, for, the, for, the, for the sense of order. He is. Um, He's a changeling. Changeling. So. Luckily, he didn't <laughs> say what he was thinking, which was, in times of trouble, you solids uh, take comfort in hate and fear. <laughs> no, yeah, not so much. Um, you know, but uh, we also, you know, they're, they're obviously still a couple going strong here. They'd mentioned the kiss that changed their, his life, um, you know, and everything else. Then the Defiant shows up here on DSpace. space That was Nine. a good line, actually. Changed my life. Yeah. Changed my life. I, I love that line. Uh, the Defiant's been on convoy duty for 10 days, uh, which they're happy about. Um, you know, but Nog's like, well, it's better than combat duty, uh, but Worf's not having it. In wartime, it is the duty of every soldier to fight. It is a time for warriors to do great deeds, to triumph in glorious battles, not waste away protecting a shipment of stem bolts. Yeah, no, no stem bolts, self-sealing or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, or, or so he kind of dresses down Nog and walks off the bridge uh, which Bashir and yep. Orion tell him not to take too seriously worst thing um, about those friggin self-sealing stem bolts is they don't self-unseal that's right you, you put know. one self-sealing stem bolt on wrong you know, they leave that out of the brochure when, they, when yeah, they're they marketing them yeah they yeah. do um, and Sam's asking Heather where she's from I think you, she's from across um Whatever's the water that divides Labrador and Newfoundland, Sam. Um, whatever that whatever that body of water is called. Um, anyway, the the Saint Lawrence, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, Gulf of Saint Lawrence. Gulf of, is it okay? Maybe yeah. I've never been to Newfoundland or Labrador, so I'm not as familiar with it. Um, but I know it's out there. Cisco's Creole Restaurant, uh, where we last saw, uh, you know. Ben Cisco and Jake Cisco with Joseph Cisco. Apparently, uh, Ben's just been you know cleaning clams and playing the piano at night for the for the uh, the diners here at the restaurant. We see Joseph Cisco in his element, uh, always always recommending the shrimp creole. Um, 
you know, and uh, Jake's a little bit worried about him, you know, saying like, we've been kind of giving him space for three months. Is it time to stop giving him space? But Joseph Zisco says, no, um, let him be, uh, you know, he's, he's in a dark place. You know, it's uh, the wormholes closed. The, the war is not going great. How do you guys feel about, how about Ben's decision to, I guess, retreat in the middle of the war here in, in, the, in this particular time in the story, Kevin? I don't know. I don't really feel anything about it. He's, I don't know. He's following the prophets. He's full. He's a full convert now. And uh, obviously, what the prophets want him to do is more important than his duty as a Starfleet officer. Yeah, and and uh, Davin. Well, I kind of look at it a slightly different way. Uh, they need a miracle at this point in the war, and he's looking for one. He doesn't think Ben Sisko, the Starfleet officer, can get the job done necessarily. But the emissary can. But maybe the emissary can, yeah. Interesting. Well, just when on that note, the baseball he took with him uh, from D Space Nine, indicating that uh, to Kira that he didn't know if he was ever going to come back. We see that this, this baseball starts uh, rolling along onto the ground, you know, on its own. I guess the prophet, you know tipped it or something a, a prophet ghost but then he has a vision uh he's digging sand we're finding out this planet is called tyree is this a planet we had ever heard of before is this a planet i've forgotten i i you know because he i didn't even know what planet he was on based on this vision tatooine sounds familiar it sounds like tatooine yeah uh similar to and he's digging up the sand here in the vision finds this cloth here with a woman's face in it that then cracks open and we revealed this uh, woman, which ends up, we'll find out, is Cisco's mom. Uh, Sarah. Later on, Sarah. Uh, this face, you know, her eyes open, and then he comes out of the vision, and he tells Jake, I saw a woman, her face in the sand. He goes, what does it mean? He goes, I have no idea. I've never seen this woman before. Um, <laughs> and uh, and th there's a bit of a mystery here. Oh, let's just take that down for a second. Joining us for the first time ever on D-Space 9, we got... Adam Woodward. Hey guys, I apologize for the lateness. That's okay. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, we're pretty early on into our recap of the plot of this particular episode, but uh, Adam, I just wanted to take a time out to welcome you and to say, uh, you know, it's exciting that we have somebody on this podcast this season who is going through these episodes for the first time. My understanding, right? You haven't watched season seven yet. <clears throat> I, I'm going through Deep Space Nine in its entirety for the first time ever, actually. I've, I've watched pieces of it over the years, but, I, you know, for such a big Star Trek fan like myself, I've never watched the whole thing in entirety. So, no, the answer is no. I, and uh, I don't think I've ever done season seven. Okay, and so this this episode, uh, Image in the Sand, which we're talking about tonight, uh, was this is the first time you've ever seen it as of yesterday, I'm presuming? Yes, yep, yep, that's exactly right. Very cool. All right, and how did you like it? It was very long. It was very long. It was as long as any Enterprise episode. <clears throat> okay, put it this way. I didn't enjoy the pace. I thought the pace was very slow. Um, yeah, I could relate a little bit to that because I felt like this didn't feel as much like a premiere as some of the other premieres of the other seasons did. Uh, this is kind of a slow build. And, and just coming off of season six 
where you know i mean you guys always mentioned the battles there certainly was a <laughs> a big battle coming out of it it, it didn't it didn't feel like a, a um it didn't it felt like a finale but it didn't feel like a uh, a season opener at all um yeah i i can understand that i think because they're just they're setting things <laughs> up they were kind of like i feel like starting a new chapter i think they were trying to like figure out what to do with the jedzir death which was you know uh and then bringing this new character in and everything else they had planned out and some of this works better for me than other things but you know yeah. we also uh how did you feel about the death of jedzir in the end of season six uh again i mean not, not a surprise but I, you know when they people in star trek die they just don't seem to make it a big enough deal either I, she, she just <laughs> died <laughs> She just died. Tashi Yar got like a real big send off. She got a funeral and everything. And so did Spock when he died. Uh, I was thinking more of Tasha because, again, it, it, that was a meant to be a meaningless death. And it certainly was. And, and I felt the same way here. But get it. Uh, I liked Worf. Worf was very, you know, the, the warrior's cry at the end. That was it was good to see that. But well, um, yeah. And I think that part of like what the the so we're starting like this post Jedzir death storyline. And what my I guess my issue with it is like when when um when when Duras killed Kalar, what did Worf do? Same ah, and killed he Duras. Went, he went right over and killed Duras. Uh, didn't care <laughs> what Picard really thought about. It. He kind of cared, but he didn't really care. Um, he started know, a civil war, is what he did. He started a civil war. <laughs> and here, when Dukat and I guess the Pa Wraith kill. Um, Jedzir, it's he doesn't like he has no like well, I'm gonna find Dukat and kill him. There's none of that. He cut because that's for Cisco to do because he's Cisco's nemesis. And I think that's part of what I don't like in this season. There are some episodes that explore that this season, though. Like him and Dukat specifically? Not him and Dukat, but him and like Jedzia and coming to terms with her death and his part in like how to bring honor to her death and his part yes. in doing that. Well, they started that, right? in this first episode i guess they you know yeah well they they're did going, they're going on a so mission to get her in going a mission yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 you know i think if you but you should be looking for ducat is my opinion um more but you know that that's that's part of like i i feel like the choice to have ducat kill jedzir was the wrong one um like if you have to kill her off then maybe do it a different way um have someone else could have been demar could have been Damar. Then then Warp's going for Damar. Or have it be like Wayun or something like that. That would be great. Warp would kill Damar in three seconds, though. That like that would have been a problem. <laughs> or, that would have been a or, problem for Damar. Or Wayun. It yeah. actually, actually, it would have been a great end to or a great like theme through season seven if it was Wayun and Warf killed him like eight times because he was a clone, right? So a new one would come up. Warf would just <laughs> kill that was a one. New one. <laughs> if Kai win, like Worf versus Kai win, I don't think that would be a fight either. Um, so yeah, Worf's in trouble in that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Adam, we were just at the point of the episode where Cisco had the vision, finding the woman's face in the sand and saying he doesn't know who she is to Jake. Um, so can I? Can I? You know, and I don't mean to slow things down here, but I have to. Okay. Do you guys like? What's your like? What do you like? Do you like Cisco? Everybody, you know? Do you find yes. him? Yeah. yeah. What I love Cisco. He's my favorite fictional character of all time. Really? Yeah. I don't like how into it this religion stuff he is. Um, you know, and I, I, I kind of feel like sometimes the other admirals going, Ben, can you get back on track? And he, you know, <laughs> but like, he knows that too, though. He's being pulled in that direction, sort of against his will. And yeah, 
And he resists it for a long, preference. long time. Yeah, he does. But now he's now he's fully into the, he's into it. He's fully like it's almost like his religion. He's almost like a converted into this religion now. And well, uh, it's because they've they've actually performed miracles for him on multiple occasions. Yeah. But they're not gods. Like they're they're just like aliens but does he worship them as gods not really he doesn't worship them per se he just like understands the power that they have and doesn't mind seeing what it. that can do for him yeah right he's right. always yelling at them and giving them shit when they are yeah. in that white room <laughs> <laughs> true with black uh, curtains yeah um he was so... very calm in this episode i felt aside from the the father relationship. Admiral oh, yeah. Cart- Cartwright, yeah. by the way. Admiral Cartwright. Um, yeah. What's the guy's name? The actor? Um, yeah, Brock, Brock Peters. Peters. Brock Peters, great as uh, Joseph Sisko. Loved him in the show. Mm. So that oh, was all that. He's that, so that funny in this. How you doing back there, Dad? Never better. Yeah. <laughs> he's like dying in the sand. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, you mean like in the next episode? Oh, is that the next one? My bad. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then after the after the credits, we get the title of this episode, Image in the Sand, with this Romulan senator who will become an important character this season, I believe, uh, if, if memory serves. Um, senator Kretak, as played by yep. Megan Cole, uh, as uh, good old Bill Ross is here saying, uh, you know, hey. hey he, I guess he's Kira's boss at the moment. Uh, he's like, yeah, we're putting, we're bringing some Romulans to the station. Kira doesn't like it. She's like, Romulans? Really? Like, they're a little shifty. Um, and he's like, well, guess what? We already made the decision. You don't get a say. So get 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 on with it. Yeah, that Ross was a bit of a dick here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he likes Kira that much. Um, I get that impression. She's not Starfleet. Yeah. She's not Starfleet. I don't know if he knows how. She's not, but she does submit to him in the chain of command. Although he does say she's done a great job. Uh, keep or she says she's just keeping the chair warm. Uh, he doesn't say that for 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 Ben Cisco. Yeah, but he says um, she's done a fine job, not a fine a great job. job. That's true. <laughs> Important <laughs> distinction. Um, you know, and uh, the, the the Romulans are coming. Do, do uh, Starfleet they, admirals ever say you've done a great job, though? No, <laughs> only the bad girls. Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, bad girls. You're doing a great job there, Will. Now help me betray your captain. I do like how Kira at the end of the scene just picks up that little uh, holder thing that uh, Cisco keeps his baseball in. You know, the empty, it's now empty, uh, indicating her how she's missing Cisco. Then we have our head over to Cardassia, where Damar's like, "Yeah, we were. We just gave the Klingons a pasting at the other some system." in the war um a lot of this war adam does take place in just conversations we're just told there was a battle here we're just told there was another mm. battle there um but we do we will get more space battles this season that's Don't my worry. favorite yeah. way to watch war yeah just hearing <laughs> about it off camera about it lots of chatter <laughs> lots of chatter that's a chatter uh damari i is, love uh, this this scene yeah well, uh, the, the, the war gets less profitable the closer you get to it uh damar is going hard on that um canar um i had oh, yeah. canar with damar <laughs> um as, as i think uh quark made that joke a couple of seasons ago uh which i always like how this canar is just like this syrupy looking stuff it's not it's even so like thick a, it's so thick it's like a weird to see some a guy drink syrup out of a glass like this um which uh, which we uh, makes a comment on like do you ever uh, just do you just drink that swill out of the bottle or why do you even bother with a glass? He's like I do what I feel like celebrating and I do right now. Uh, no, 
I I love you know you the best part of that dialogue is when he says, "Do you just drink that out of the bottle?" Demar yeah, just goes, out of the "Depends bottle. on my mood." <laughs> I love that. What a great comeback. Yeah. He's like, you're not insulting me about talking about my drinking. I love my drinking. He's like, true. <laughs> Demar is fully committed to the canar. Um, he sure is. Yeah, these two, these two are all oh, like yeah. I, I actually like them better than than Ducat and Weyoun. Demar oh, yeah. and Weyoun. Oh yeah. It's it's such like this. It's like the two evil stooges going at it all the time. Although Demar, <laughs> like I, not without spoiling things for you, Adam, but Demar will have sort of a redemption um uh but uh anyway but yeah them going there's an under uh undersung character though he's a great character oh yeah sure. he's great um cisco's back to there uh cisco is working on trying to get the face going of the woman he saw in the vision turns out it, this will be his mom uh you know but uh i thought this was kind of a cool looking thing for 1998 you know being able mm -hmm. to kind of like create the face um like in this way with the touchpad nowadays this doesn't look too impressive with ipads <laughs> and everything now that we have but uh back then it did you know uh mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, so Jake comes and finds him. He's like, what are you doing, Dad? He's like, I'm trying to make the face, you know, before I forget. And Jake's like, I've seen this woman before in a photo. Wait. Hold on. You know, at one point, yeah, Cisco, like, grabs his ear here like he's checking his paw or something. Yeah, right? he was checking his paw. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's like, yeah, here's the photograph. Uh, we see a young Brock Peters, or I guess maybe an actor playing a young Brock Peters, uh, with that. I woman. don't think that's Brock Peters. <laughs> I guess it must not be. I, don't, I guess they were like, this guy could pass for a young Brock Peters, well, but unless they knew they were going to make this episode forty years ago. That's well, it not... could be a composite photo. <laughs> it could be like a, a younger photo of him and an older, like. Oh, I suppose. But. Um, anyway, pre Google images when they did this, that's true. Um, and then he goes, Hey, dad, what's who's this woman with you in the photo? And he does not have a great reaction. He's like, What are you doing? Stay out of my business. I don't want to talk about it. He kind of runs off. Yeah, he runs, she's nobody, she's nobody at all. You hear me? Nobody at all. Nobody at all. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, well, like, clearly, she's somebody. somebody. You have a picture of her. Like, come on yeah. now. Yeah, dad, what's up? He's like, No, anyway, we'll come back to him. He's, uh, he is the most hilarious so brush offs ever, though. Joe Cisco, like, even he doesn't want to talk to you, it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and then he stops away like a child all the time. He sure does. <laughs> we catch up with Worf, uh, back on D Space Nine, uh, looking at the photo here of you know from his wedding last season oh. with Jidzir and himself. <laughs> Looks uh, like they're medieval times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe they like medieval times. Yep. Uh, you know, no utensils. Uh, Worf would go for that. Um, anyway, he's looking at it. He looks at the photo in bed here. In his, I always love his green pajamas. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then he ends, up, he ends up to the hollow suite to talk to Vic. You know, he's like, hey, Vic, uh, where have you been? Convoy duty. He's like, that sounds exciting. He was like, it was not. I do not like convoy duty. <laughs> and he's like, sing the song. Um but Vic tries to t talk him out of it. But I don't want to uh, sing the song. I don't want to sing the song. Maybe you know he's like, sing the damn song. I'm a you're a hologram. Do what I want. So he starts singing the song. Um, play a little bit of it for you here. When somebody loves you, it's no good unless he loves you. All the way 
happy to be near you when you need someone to cheer you all the way. It's taller than the tallest tree I know it's a good song. I was, no, that's uh, a great song. But as Worf go, I, 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 I listened to it a few times today, and I was like, yeah, this is, I like this more than I thought I did. Um, oh man, listen to that Vic whole Vic Fontaine album. I feel like I should take that on Eamon show. Oh, maybe, so good. yeah, yeah. Anyway, but Worf's losing it as he's listening to this. Apparently, this was Jedzia's favorite song, and then he starts uh, smashing things and breaking the whole place up. So, what did it matter that he broke up the place? It doesn't. But they made a big deal of it. It was like it did. It's <laughs> it a sure did. Just because he's not dealing with his anger, they feel like. I think he's dealing with his anger. This yeah, is the worst by way. not breaking up a real. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I agree. Like, what he's a Klingon. Like I was like, well, I, I get O'Brien is Worf's friend. I guess Julian is his friend, but Quark is definitely not his friend. Um, so it's like it's interesting that eventually like those three will be the ones to help him on this mission that's coming up. But anyway, um, you know, I guess Kira doesn't care, and um, or she's too busy. Odo is not interested. Anyway, so um, well, that's that's all going on here. They're all watching Worf tear up the place. Uh, then we catch up with the Romulan Senator. What's her name? Kretak? Oh, whoops. My bad. Whoops. Yeah, don't. I'm deleting things. <laughs> putting a Klingon overlay on a Romulan symbol there. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Kira, Kira and Kretak, uh, you know, because she's uh, Kretak does not like these Cardassian chairs. And uh, get me. I hope they're not all uncomfortable. But Kira says, yes, they are, actually. But you'll get used to them. Just like everything else. <laughs> all right. In all those years, they could never replace the chairs on the station. Yeah, apparently, chairs no, you have to stay. You can't replicate and new chairs. It has to be Cardassian chairs, guys. Chairs and blankets for orphans. The two things that they have not figured out how to replicate. True. Uh, I, I can't even bring a, a chair from Romulus with you. Like, you know, but I guess not. <laughs> anyway, so so uh, the, the relationship here with Kretak and Kira is, is beginning to build. Uh, you know, Kira already mentioned she's suspicious of her, you know, the Romulans coming on the station in the first place. Um, Heather Narduzzi could not agree with you more. Vic Fontaine, I get a little upset anytime anyone slights him. He's a gem and a beautiful singer, and he added a ton to the show. I have no like, thing against Vic. I think he's overused. Overused. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Right. Esri, maybe Vic. No. <laughs> um. Well, you know they they have this they have this whole bar. You know Quark's bar. And then they're like, no, forget Quark's bar. We're going to this other bar, Vic's. Um, you know, so I guess that's sometimes where I'm like, feel it's a disconnect. Anyway, we see the place smashed up. Uh, One of the best lines in Star Trek, though, is in that scene there. It's just like, look, if you smash this place up again, the band's going to quit. They cannot quit their holograms. They don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. They don't lines know in that. The they don't know I'm that. glad you brought that up. I guess <laughs> That had me laughing so hard. Oh man, I love that line. <laughs> they can't quit. They're holding. Heather wants more Vic. She says in the chat. Yeah, more Vic. Come on uh, over, Heather. We'll sing some Vic tunes together. Yeah, and then Vic's like, "I don't care what he does. I'm never playing singing that song again for him. He could buy a Sinatra album. No, forget the Sinatra album. Buy the Vic Fontaine album. Yeah, this one's from the heart. James Darren, check it out, everybody. It's amazing. I live. I've listened to it a thousand times. 
It's my uh, landscape in music. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the storyline here with um, back with uh, Joseph Cisco. Look at <laughs> his eyes. He's so he's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> he's like, Dad, I need you to talk to me. He's like, No, we don't. No, need what? To talk. No. <laughs> and this is where okay, this is this is where Cisco loses it on him. He's like, I need you yeah. to tell me. Uh, you have to tell me. I need to know who she is. <laughs> I feel like Cisco's the parent that just got sick of dealing with his toddler. It's just like, look, stop screaming. Stop the screaming. <laughs> it's just like, I'm sick of your shit. Just be an adult for two seconds, please. But like, yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm sorry, Dad. And then he kind of goes yeah. off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, gal rod eyes. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah. So, uh, but eventually, so this little this little outburst by Ben Cisco gets Joseph Cisco to like you know actually come down here and sit down. He's like, well, the thing is that Sarah, uh, she was my wife. And he goes, you had a you had a wife before Mama. He goes, no, she is your mama mother. You know, <laughs> it's like Sarah was your mother. That's a bombshell. What do you guys think about this? Like that, that like I guess we never met the other mother. She's never been in the show, so. But, this was uh, important for the show to explain why Cisco had all these ties to the prophets and why he was the emissary and all this stuff. I think this this is story part points that needed to happen. Yeah, well, it's, you, a, what, it's a pretty bloody big re revelation too. You know, even as an adult, and you find this: my mom wasn't my mom. You know. <laughs> yeah, Cisco's like well yeah. into it, like maybe fifty by this point in his life. Like I don't know exactly how old he is. Forties. Uh, well, well, like, I think he's supposed to be in his late 30s, actually, in the show. The well, hold on, like, actually, uh, Joseph Sisko says in the episode that he met her, his mother in like the summer of 31. Mm -hmm. And so presumably, I guess, that, and Ben's born the next year, so 32. This is 75, so mm -hmm. he's 43. Ben Sisko's only 43? Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. You know? He's just a commander member when the show starts. He's still just a fairly... Not too too old, officer. But how old was Avery old. Brooks at this time? Avery Brooks. He was older. He was like he was about fifty at this point, so he was a little older. Okay, but not crazy older. Um. Anyway, so he yeah, but to find looks out, damn good if you ask me. Damn to find good. out in your forties or you know late forties, I guess uh, that your your mom's not your mom. Big deal, uh, especially in like the the Star Trek age where you know you imagine with all like the DNA testing and science you have at your head your your fingertips that. This would be a hard thing to hide, but apparently not. Um, but you'd have you know. to go looking for that, I suppose. Like you'd have to go. He'd have to go. Have to go his DNA with his mother, and when? Why would you do it? I guess you wouldn't. So it's, but um, you know, or that his sisters, all his siblings are half siblings, right? So uh, plus, unfortunately, Mori Povich is probably dead by this point in the future. True. <laughs> yeah, if Mori Povich was hosting, you are the father. Uh, anyway, Joseph Cisco, so you are not the father. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, you are. But even even again, like when you, as a child, finding out that your mom, the mom, the mother you thought you was your mother, was complacent in, the, in that whole thing too. She knew, of course, she knew. Mm -hmm. I mean, she disapprovingly, but felt it was not her role to uh, yeah. give that news, right? You know. And then there, he's like, "What?" He's like, "I grew up when I was a, you know, why didn't you tell me when I grew up?" He's like, "Well, I thought about it, but then I did want to like ruin things." So no, he's like, "It I, didn't make it any like, easier." He said, "Yeah, he yeah. said he thought it would be easier, and it wasn't." I thought that was a genius yeah. line. Like, yeah, this, yeah. So that's good. The writing in, in this episode, this series, really. But 
Yeah. Uh, what is what is Joseph? Life is full of choices. You make them and hope for the best. Sometimes oh. you're right. Sometimes you're not. Yep. Heather makes a good point. Mori Povich, all those week program. Problem yeah. solved. Get him and Vic uh, working <laughs> together. I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great, it's a great line. You know, we all have kids, and you know, often question your decisions you made along the way, and yeah, sometimes you're red. Right. I love what a what a dichotomy he is, though. Like he's this wise old man, but he's also this child that stomps his feet and won't take his medicine. <laughs> all wrapped yes, into please. one person. Yes. Because he's so unchanging. He's just like, I always wanted to be a cook. I'm a cook. Every day I cook. I like to cook. And like that's who he is. And he just like doesn't want to change anything about his world or about himself. But he's also got yeah. some wisdom though on the way, too. You know, that you pick up. Yeah. You still gain that with age, right? Yep. Yep. One would hope. Yeah. Uh he also he tells us a story about meeting Sarah, Ben's mother, that like they fell in love and then they were going for a while and then she just took off one day. He couldn't find her. Then he tracked her down to Australia, but she had died in an accident. And uh and and that was it, you know, but he never got any explanation. So it's kind of this mystery that's left unexplained here. Of course, it will be explained, and some of us what a know. sad, twisted story the story of Sarah Cisco is, though. Where she gets well, taken over by this entity, forced to marry somebody she wouldn't have otherwise married, and have their kid, and then yeah. like get your realization back that that wasn't your decision, and then take off. Like twisted story. Yeah. Did the, did the, the prophets the prophet, aren't nice? Did the prophets kill her? No, the prophets she just didn't died. kill her. She just randomly died. But like she, they left her. The, the prophets left her body, and then she realized she didn't love, like. Joseph, because she didn't choose him in the first place, and that's why she yeah. left. Who are you? That's See ya. A, yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> like that's a crazy thing to happen. And she left the baby. Left the baby. Like, yeah. Right. But luckily, uh, Joseph Cisco was, you know, um, able to get a new wife pretty quickly. You know, uh, <laughs> and uh, had a whole bunch of Good other cool. kids. So, uh, it, you know, he never knew, um, you know, and so anyway, so that that's all the big revelation there. OK, then the next storyline, we're back to DC's nine. We see all this, you know, all, I like seeing all the Federation Romulan and Klingon ships always kind of mm -hmm. buzzing around the station here. Um, you know, we, we, we catch up on the promenade with Kira, who sees uh, Senator Kretak buying a Jumja stick, uh, you know, and licking it up. Uh, and this is their next encounter, which he's like, oh, I guess the, this this relationship between Kretak and Kira is taking place over a longer period of time in this episode. I don't think it's like a day or two. I feel like this feels no. like maybe a couple of weeks um, that they have these conversations because, you know, they're talking about the Jumja sticks. We're also told about a Romulan. Ozil thing, twist. An Ozil twist because Kira doesn't Very like tight. Jumja sticks. Very they're too tight. sweet. Um, you know, she's going on. But then she's like, hey, uh, is this where she asks her about the hospital? About yeah, building yeah. yeah she's like hey i'd like to build a hospital on your uninhabited moon for the romulans because you know, and durna and he she was like okay i'll talk to the ministers about it you know maybe you like jumja sticks i could i you're maybe you're not such a bad romulan after you know uh a romulan joining jumja stick yeah she's going for it you know and so kira's like you know what maybe i was wrong about her but she'll find out about this end of the episode she was not um and then uh, we see here that uh, that they're, they're sicking uh, O'Brien onto Worf with the blood wine because O'Brien's maybe, you know, somebody that uh, Worf would uh, not, like, throw away or not, like, push away immediately as much, right? So he's like, you know, uh, 2301, a very good year for blood wine, Davin. Did you know that? 
Very young and very sweet. Very young, very sweet. Uh, anyway, so he shows up. Uh, Worf, uh, you know, he tries to get rid of him. They they have a couple swigs here, but O'Brien's like, "Come on, let's talk about you." Remember Reginald Barkley on this Enterprise? You know, <laughs> who could forget that? him? Who could forget that guy? Yeah, I, lo- I love that's the guy they go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember Jordy with the sword? Like, it is hilarious. <laughs> the Three Musketeers. Oh my god! Three you know, and they're all going here. Do you have um, any glasses? None that are clean. None that well, are clean. Oh, well, who needs that? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't replicate a couple that's clean glasses? Seriously. That's that's always my favorite when Worf is just forced to do things because people won't won't listen to him. Like they're just not afraid of him at all. Um <laughs> <laughs> So this scene could have been a, a little more interesting if they had, because here, you know, they're showing O'Brien all hungover, but, it, and he said, we went into three or four bottles or whatever he said. Mm. I would have loved to seen bottle four or three, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what yeah, was going yeah. on? Yeah. What yeah, was going on? The whole point? episode. Yeah. Brian tells us. O'Brien you should never try to match drinks with a Klingon. Never match drinks with a Klingon. Uh, <laughs> going on here. Well, what did he tell you? He's like, well, he didn't even. T- we talked about lots of things, but we didn't even talk about Jed's ear until like the third bottle. I think he said about like three in the morning or something like that. And he's like, well, here's the problem. Jed's ear is not in Stovacor. Um, you know, she didn't die in glorious battle and she never ate the heart of her enemy. Uh, she always was a bit squeamish. You know, almost uh, though. Almost. She almost really ate did. the heart of the albino. Yeah, yeah, she was ready to do it. You know, well, you eat the- from the heart of the albino. <laughs> did did Worf ever eat the heart of his enemy? I, I can't recall him doing that. Um, he must probably, have ate a little bit of Duras at some point. Yeah, he was like, I got I'm some sure. Duras heart, and then I ate a little. Um, anyway, so that they need a big. He fried quest. it up the next morning with his eggs. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, well, well, we need we need a mission here to we need like some a way to get her into Stovacor is like some kind of great like quest, some kind of dangerous mission in her name would 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 be worthy. There's like a loophole here, and they're like, well, we just need to get Worf on a dangerous mission. Then you know, uh, like, well, how are we gonna approach that? Admiral, could you please send the Defiant on the most dangerous mission you can think of? Jadzia needs to get into Stovacor. <laughs> Admiral. <laughs> Quark's like sounds good to me. Like let's send Worf on a dangerous mission. Um, but then they, I think they figure out that Martok is coming to the station, and then maybe they should talk to him instead. You know, maybe they can send him on a dangerous mission on the on a, a Klingon ship. Riker stopped Worf from eating Duress's heart. Yeah, that's right. That was dishonor there, Riker. Yeah, um, yeah it was. And we have uh, Cisco cleaning more clams behind the behind the restaurant, talking to Ben or to Joseph Cisco, who brings him this um, this this necklace that belonged to his mother. Uh, he's like, "There's some kind of writing on it. What do you think that is?" You know? He's like, "I don't know." And so, look. Uh, starts looking. It's Bajoran writing, ancient Bajoran. Which Cisco? He's like, "What does it say?" He goes, "I don't know. I can't read ancient Bajoran. Um, I can only read the modern Bajoran." <laughs> but then he starts like looking through all the pads. We get a time jump here to the morning where uh you know he's able to, he's able to start getting through. He's like it says it's it's a to look out for the orb of the emissary. And they kind of figure out that all the emissaries since Dukat closed the wormhole and attacked with the Pirate that all the orbs have gone dark so no one can talk to the prophets at the moment. But uh but Cisco's like, "Well, we got some some progress. We got to go to Tyree because that's where the vision is. So I think that's where we need to go." Um 
that's kind of like the gist of that scene. And then, uh, and then we catch up here in the war room with uh, Kretak and, and uh, Kira, where we see all the all the casualties from the recent battle with the Dominion that the Romulans took the brunt. But it's all good because they got that great hospital in Derna. So it's, uh, you know, it's not as bad, you know. I love this rivalry they're developing, though. Like, even in this friendliness, they're still trying to, like, push each other to the next, uh, just try to one-up each other. She's like, hey, I'll be nice to you because then you're going to have to be nicer to me here in our next altercation. Like, the whole thing is a rivalry, and it just comes to such a great head. This is a really good episode. Their schemes are plans. Yeah. Your schemes mm-hmm. are barely plans. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, what, what does uh, Weyoun tell us later about the Romulans? Romulans. They're so predictably treacherous. Predictably yeah. treacherous. Predictably treacherous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is where yeah, Kira's going along after a nice, pleasant uh, cat with Kretak. And Odo's like, hey, I got something to tell you. So uh, that hospital on Derna, uh, they didn't let any Starfleet ships go there. She was like, oh, they wouldn't. Uh, they Maybe they're just not set up for Federation species. He's like, yeah, but all of them were Vulcans. You know, but Kira's not mm-hmm. convinced yet. And he's like, and they have trilithium. And this is where he's like, it looks like a bunch of weapons are on the planet. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so they you- leave <laughs> with the proof next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, my... my- my inter- my impression of Odo is like he's like the perfect security guard that security officer that nobody else had. This guy knows everything. He's like you the know? best oh, yeah. in the whole damn quadrant. He does his job. Like, he yeah. certainly does. You know, like and all the other. Eddington was good until he wasn't. Well, right. And remember, we're just coming off of Enterprise, where we had the worst security officer ever. Uh, <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> He knew nothing. The captain always had to suggest, why don't, you, why don't you go check there for this? Or why don't you do that? This guy knows everything. I like him a lot. He's, he's a great character. Uh, yep. He is a uh, great character. Maybe Adam, how old were you when you killed your first traitor? <laughs> traitor. Since I, uh, I was like, where is that? But anyway. Um, so then, okay. Then uh, go to the hollow suite with Worf. Who is practicing his moves with his batleth? Uh, in enter Martok. Defend yourself, Wolf! And then he's just like attacks where he's like, defend yourself. And he's like, all right. <laughs> I love the play gods. You know, and this yeah, is how they start having conversations. Like, how do you like the convoy duty? He's like, I don't. <laughs> Such a Klingon insult, convoy duty. Yeah. <laughs> protect a convoy. Throws, he ends up uh, beating Martok to the ground in this fight, and he's like, "How would you like to be my first officer on a dangerous quest?" And then Worf's like, "That sounds fun. Let's do that." <laughs> How dangerous? He's like, Very dangerous. Dangerous enough to ensure Jadzia a place in Stovo Stovo Core. You know, and then so they're 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 Worf's ready. He's ready. Like, send me, and I'm ready to. Uh, I don't know what else to do with myself. Um. And then, uh, so back with Cisco and Jake, who are getting ready to, to make their quest to Tyree. Uh, that you know, he's cleaning all the clams, and then Cisco's like, "I'm going to bring clams on the runabout with me and clean them on the ship." So I have something to do, you know. He just likes cleaning clams. Uh, as he's getting uh, putting out the garbage or whatever, uh, Cisco then sees this hooded guy. This guy couldn't be threatening at all. This dark hooded <laughs> figure with the red thing. He's Never like, "What's up?" An armband. Yeah, restaurant's closed. We see he's a Bajoran. The emissary is wise. He says something to Bajoran. Um, 
you know. And then we know where this is going. It turns out he's a bad guy. He's a Pa Wraith guy. Uh, he stabs. <laughs> he's like that's almost like a Joseph Cisco kind of expression there. Uh, when Ken <laughs> gets stabbed, like father, uh, like son. So yeah, they are related. Uh, and then, uh, so that's the that's the face uh, Joseph makes when you don't put enough uh, cayenne pepper in the gumbo. That's true. He does. Um, and then uh, you know he's like, "You're never gonna find the orb of the emissary or whatever." And then uh, Jake hits this guy with a bag of clams and knocks him out. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the episode. <laughs> That's that, that that works. Uh, and then, and then Grandpa, a- Grandpa, not like call nine one one. It's just call Grandpa. Call Grandpa, who would then, I guess, you know, call Starfleet or I guess whoever is the medical emergency people in New Orleans. Um, you can probably just, hospitals can probably just beam you there anymore. Like, there wouldn't be ambulances. They would just beam you, you'd think. You'd think. I mean, he was pretty good in the next scene, so I think they probably did that. Yeah. yeah. We see yeah. here that uh, Joseph can't even remember what the special is. He's like, it's shrimp creole. Actually, no, it's um, shrimp cocktail or something else. Uh, you know, yeah. he's Grilled shrimp or something, because he's he's a little out of um, his element barbecue here. We shrimp. See barbecue shrimp. He's actually barbecue shrimp. Uh, we see that uh, Cisco uh, Ben Cisco shows up. Uh, he was released two hours ago from the hospital, but he had to give a report to Starfleet security. Find f- they explain in dialogue that the guy who attacked him was a Paw Wraith guy, and uh, the Paw Wraith cult is going going. Uh, but um, but Ben S- Joseph Cisco, he's like, I'm not too worried about the cult. I'm more worried about the actual Paw Wraith and that they know you're looking for this orb. And that could be trouble, which I guess is a fair point. But uh, that's never going to stop Ben Cisco before. That is why the Hollyleck program and Prodigy they chose Odo, even though he is not in Starfleet. Uh, that couldn't help. Job. I was looking for this quote while we were talking about Odo. You're the best law enforcement officer in this sector. Maybe the whole damn quadrant. Maybe. Uh, anyway, action, so- Jake. Uh, we catch up here with O'Brien and Bashir and Quarks. Uh, they're having a pint uh, to celebrate that. Good. We got Martok hooked up with Worf. They're going to go on a crazy dangerous mission, and they're going to get into Stovacor. Yeah, but the best question there was, what if she wouldn't want to go to Stovacor? Yeah, maybe she wants to go to Trill Heaven. Uh, and they're like, eh, probably not. Yeah. Um, they're like, wherever Trills go when they die, and they don't even know. Like, that's maybe one of One of those... Favorite pools and those little pools they know like the... not too much about the trill even though they worked with one for six years um <laughs> so um anyway so but then um <laughs> quirk says well i hope you're not you're not gonna go on this mission bashir he's like oh i'm going i'm going on the mission he's like what quirk has this reaction of right or like why do you need to go on? he's like i have to honor her memory i have to do this for dax um do you guys do you are you? How do you feel about Bashir's choice here? That he's going to go on the quest. He would want to. And Jadzir would want him to. I don't think she'd care. No, yeah, she would. She, she loved Julian too. Like, yeah, she would probably so, think it was sweet. So O'Brien's like, well, then I have to go too, uh, just to make to, to make sure Bashir that Bashir can't handle himself. Yeah. Uh, spoil, spoilers, Adam. Quark is going to go too. Of course. So, but again, these Starfleet officers can just assign themselves to, to duty. Like it's, it's they can just go on a Klingon ship, I guess. I don't know. Um, well, know. Chief can just delegate his duties to his crew. True, his I guess. Staff. I'm going. Yeah, we're going. So we're can Bashir, on. I suppose. Like the nurses, you're doing all my work today. 
Yeah, you got to be a doctor. You're assigned too, to the right? station and say, "Well, actually, you know, I'm going to go off with these guys and fight this whole dangerous battle where we probably won't survive." But uh, anyway, uh, next scene was uh, with uh, Admiral Ross talking to Senator Kretak, and then you know, Kira just busts into this meeting. He's like, "We're having a meeting here." She's, she's like, "Such a know. badass." This yeah, is she, she does not. He's like, "This is important." Bill. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Bill. <laughs> I just have a little Bill. business to take care of. Uh, yeah, he's just like, yeah, you, yeah. Well, they put that that moon we gave them at the hospital. They put weapons on it, and then Kretak's just like, well, well we, we have to defend you. the hospital. We have to defend the hospital. You know, <laughs> <laughs> even Bill Ross is like, yeah, this is not good, is it? I'm curious. Um, it's like Beijer will uh, guarantee its safety. She's just like. That's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wolf, your little yeah, like shitty ships aren't going to protect anything. Yeah, your Bajoran interceptors, which we, yeah, exactly. we f tiered or whatever on our, our yeah, podcast. We didn't like them too much. Uh, back, back. I just like how uh, that whole encounter. Then we go over to Cardassia, where I don't know. Damar has a, a throwaway line here, but then he meets up with Wayu, and he, he's just like, "Guess what? The guess what the Romulans did? You know, they put up, they put weapons on this Bajoran moon. You know, and he's like." Tomorrow's like, they're not gonna like that. He's like, of course not. Would you? you know, like, I wouldn't like it <laughs> if I were the Bajorans either, you know. So uh predictably treacherous. treacherous. Uh <laughs> this could be the end of a of an alliance. They're hoping that the Romulans this will end the, the, the Romulan alliance. It was uh, such a predictably treacherous Romulan move, though. It's just like just take the friggin' inch you were given, Romulus. Like, don't friggin' <laughs> God, God. <laughs> It's such a yeah. Romulan move. A Romulan's got a Romulan, you know. What are you gonna say? <laughs> it, um, and uh, then uh, finally, Cisco uh, is ready to go. The Cisco family is gonna go on this trip as we see that uh, Joseph and Jake are both going with Ben. Uh, you know, they're they're packed their bags, which uh, you know Ben doesn't really fight them too hard. He's like, yeah, I guess you guys come along too. You know, we gotta do this together. Uh, and then we get our Esri introduction to finish up the episode. Um, you know, she comes in says hello benjamin and all that uh you know it's it's, it's kind of a, a, a nice little hello benjamin uh intro sweet jacks it's just great like, i like it whose are you um you know and you know, know what you credit to nicole DeBoer, and she and it's even harder to do because it's an established character but she comes <laughs> into this character in this episode and especially the next episode fully formed as a character whereas mm -hmm. it took terry farrell what two three seasons to get the hang of jadzia yeah like but nicole just right off the bat just comes right in maybe that's why they gave her so many episodes in season seven too because she was just killing it right off the start and they wanted to re reward that i don't know but maybe uh, i well i think that there was a weird relationship with the producers and writers of d69 and terry farrell like i don't think they respected her very early on i think she had more anxiety or nerves or whatever and it, it, the relationship seems complicated but they eventually let that go and gave jedzy away more uh yeah. and just when she, she was hitting her stride you know the, everything blew up with the contracts and everything else so um anyways nicole DeBoer, a very good actress you know so deserves mm -hmm. a lot of credit uh you know and it's me dax it wasn't it is kind of an you know if you're gonna do like if you're gonna kill off a character and continue with that character the dax character was the best one to do it for right you know about everyone else because the symbiote thing is already built into the plot and uh you can continue it's not the like they wanted to kill off a character either it was sort of like behind the scenes stuff that sort of yeah. forced right. their I, hand 
Yeah, she was leaving the, the show. The entire cast was only signed for six seasons, right? It's kind of like what mm-hmm. happened with um, uh, Claudia Christensen on Babylon Five. You know, where she was replaced by Tracy Scoggins uh, in season five. I know. Tell me about it, Kevin. Just everything. <laughs> Got to do a Star Trek podcast, and it's Babylon Five. This Babylon Five. Oh, I know. <laughs> Jesus, what? I love. He said, "I love that he's going to relate this story like any of us are going to know what the hell." <laughs> it's like, like Claudia Christensen, obviously. <laughs> David knows he watched it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> anyway, oh that's, boy, that's this story. But I don't so, talk about it. Um, this is a real like <laughs> this is a real setup episode though, like for where they're it going. Is. You know, so I think yeah. as a premiere, I could you could you could make the point. It doesn't come out with a huge bang like some of the other uh, like the season six and the season five premieres did. Um, you know, even the season four, the season four premiere, The Way of the Warrior, I think is still like the best season opener they ever did. Uh, you know, not maybe counting the pilot, which Emissary is, you know, its own thing. Uh, right. But, um, I, you know, th- this this is a slower build. They're, they're setting up all these storylines and they're going to take their time here, uh, Adam. And so but the payoff by the end is worth it. Um, you know, I think so. I hope that's that's uh, going over there. Who would like to do the fun facts tonight? Um, is anybody? I'll do them. Uh, <laughs> They're going to be the most fun if you do it, Dave. Yeah, I'll do them. Why not? Why not me? Um, all right. So, where do we want to start? Um, when it came to write this episode, Iris Stephen Bear and Hans Beimler tried to achieve something very specific. With it. We started uh, the final season. We made a very bold and perhaps stupid choice, although I do it again. We wrote the quietest opening episode we'd ever done on the show. This time, we decided to we're going to pay play with the audience expectations and give them something smaller, more intimate, and quieter, a reflective breath, so to speak. Well, it was done like intentionally, it. guys. You so, did a good job. Then they did it. Then <laughs> they did exactly what they set out to do. My rating just uh, went up. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the writing staff having uh, taken a hard emotional blow to the departure of Jedzer Dax, actress Terry Farrell, the writers proceeded to fill the vacuum that had been left in the ensemble of my main characters by creating the new role of Ezra Dax. Rene Echeverria recalled, uh, once we knew for certain that Terry Farrell wasn't going to return, we decided to take the opportunity to create a new Dax. Iris Stephen Bear continued, we knew we needed a female. We couldn't have Kieran Reese be the only female regular character. With uh, genuine enthusiasm, Hans Beimler added, we were introducing a new character, which was really fun to write. So I think maybe that's part of the reason we get so many, so much of her in the season because they, they have this new toy, you know, this new character. Mm-hmm. They, they can do whatever. Yeah, with, they right? did with Worf in season four. Yeah, they did with Worf. Yeah, good point. Um, in this episode, the writers wrote Kira as having been promoted to the rank of Colonel, inspired by Nana Visitor's input. I asked for it to happen, she explained. I thought it was high time for it after six years of good service. Everyone around her had been promoted. Cisco, Bashir, Jedzer, even Nog had been promoted. So why not her? As long not as Harry Kim's not promoted, it's fine. You know, so... <laughs> um, although, I, I something about Major Kira is always works better i think just to say than colonel kira but um anyway uh tyree uh the planet was named after richard harris's character benjamin tyreen in the 1965 sam peckinpah film major dundee hmm. um the monarch shipyard that's almost, as ex- that's almost as obscure as a babylon 5 reference Oh my god, if you had said that same thing around Andre Mayet, though, he'd have been like, Oh my god, I just watched that three days ago. Like, your obscure reference. Like, uh, you can't get an obscure movie reference by him. 
Yeah. One of the reasons given by Worf as to why Jezier Dax cannot enter Stove, of course, is that she never consumed the heart of her enemy. Jezier did vow to kill the albino Anita's heart. She succeeded in the first part, but Everlady never followed through with the second. So that's, that's uh, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, the first episode established Admiral Ross. First name is Bill. Uh, this confused actor Barry Jenner because diploma and awards prop that uh, was ineligible on screen had been made in the Ross's office in Starbase 375 is named as Cliff. So he thought his name was Cliff Ross. But then Cliff he, Ross. Then he ends up as Bill Ross. Um, but we guess we, we, since we couldn't see, that didn't matter. Uh, the first episode in which Kira is characterized as a colonel. We already said that. Uh, the, uh, this episode is the first to mention the cult of the Paw Race. The same cult was subsequently revisited in the episode Covenant. Uh, in addition to being the name of a planet, Tyree was also the name of a main character in the original series episode, A Private Little War. But that appears to just be a coincidence. That's why uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah, Tyree. Uh, this show's opening credits are once more changed to include Nicole Dubois as Ensign Esri Dax, placing her alphabetically right after Rene Aubergenois as Odo. Esri Dax's rank is changed later to lieutenant in the opening credits uh, after the Taking Out to the Hollow Suite episode. <laughs> she gets promoted. Uh, that a visitor's character now appears as Colonel Kira in the in the in the typeface as well. Uh, that's a long that's something long to say but why not by the way i'll be definitely 100 here for take me out to the hollow suite say yeah <laughs> me too. one of my favorite episodes of tv me too it. it's a great episode yeah. um yeah i think the only thing that makes i wish that terry farrell had been part of that i wish they had done that at, like in an earlier season in some ways but yeah um that's the only thing that would have been better um the song cisco plays in the restaurant before his vision is round midnight by thelonious monk yeah good tune this episode has one of the longest teasers in all of star trek lasting over eight minutes before we get to the credits guys so interesting uh, a part of the scene of quirks involving bashir o'brien and quirk was used in a 2001 dutch psa to raise awareness for dyslexia in by sire the footage is overlaid with increasingly garbled subtitles uh it then cuts to a spoof of the ds9 intro with messages like trouble reading and people with dyslexia are having trouble reading on a daily basis styled in the actor's credits all right well that's a weird fact okay those are all the, the details guys let's rate this episode uh i just i just got my my oh i think i actually sorry i have to do i have adam's never been here before I need a a column for Adam. Uh, two seconds, guys. Oh, bring it up. Speak amongst yourselves. So, did you catch the game? <laughs> did you catch the baseball match? I did. <laughs> there was a game. No. Uh, local sports okay. team. Okay, Adam, you're in there now. Okay, <laughs> How about that local sports team. All right. Um, let's let's talk this episode. I would give this episode <laughs> a seven and a half. Like it's a fine episode, but it's not my favorite. Um, Jamil's not here. Adam, your first rating on D Space Nine ever. <clears throat> I'm gonna give it a, a seven. And I, seven. I reserve the right to to bump that up later as the season goes on. Absolutely. Okay, Ashley not with us. Um, Kevin. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. And to Davin. Jeez, I do like this one a lot. Nine. Nine, okay. 
so we are averaging an eight out of ten uh, between the four of us. Not bad. Um, and the IMDb rating is seven and a half uh, with about nineteen hundred votes. Um, Les Lando directed. Iris Steven Bear and Hans Beimler wrote it. You've been bimed. You've been bimed. Um, and I would say this is a Cisco and Kira episode, sort of, but it's also about Worf and those guys. I don't know. It's about it's kind of ensemble. So oh yeah, uh, it's because it's like the season premiere. It's just re- where's everybody at? Yeah, it's kind of everybody's. It's I wouldn't say it's anybody one episode. Um, all right, and there we go. Um, Adam, if you feel like giving us any more ratings, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that for you. Sure. Uh, another time. Well, no, I watched yes, no, yesterday. Adam. I watched Jesus <laughs> for Province yesterday. I would give that a good eight. I like that episode. Give it eight, and this. How about the sound of her voice? Great episode. Uh, that was like a week ago. Uh, let's go with a nine on that one. I quite enjoyed that. You're going nine. Okay. Captain so Cusack is a hero. All right. I don't want to ask you to go any further back than that, but at least we got yeah. a couple We got a couple baseline ratings here. Oh, just give some low shitty number to Times Orphan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a six. You liked it more than anybody. Yeah, but it's a DS9 six. What does that mean? Well, I mean, it's still DS9, so it's like still better than most things. Okay. Like, other than if it's not Mirror Burial, most DS9 episodes bottom out at a six for me. Is an Enterprise six different than a DS9 six? Yes. How? Well, that's why I, even the last second, like if Image in the Sand was an Enterprise episode, I'd have given it a 10. <laughs> so. So you you handicap enterprise ratings basically. More like I hold DS9 to a harder standard. I sort of almost have to judge it within itself because I, I take the worst DS9 episode over most other things. Devin, you you marking system doesn't make sense. <laughs> Very, Neither does your dislike for Malcolm Reed. <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I. I could take him or leave him. From a long line of heroes, his uncle. That's true. All right, guys. Well, I think we can wrap up this one. Uh, we're back for D Space Nine. The next episode is called uh, something else. Um, I should have that at the at the uh, at Shadows and Symbols, guys. So we'll be back in a week to talk about Shadows and Symbols, the second episode of season seven. Uh, Cisco searches for the mysterious orb of the emissary. Worf, Martok, Bashir, O'Brien, and Quirk attack a Dominion shipyard in orbit around Monek. Four, Kira confronts the Romulans over arming of their hospital base, and D Space Nine also receives a new resident who has a very familiar name. So I guess this, this is this is almost like part one and part two, but it's not left as a to be continued. So we didn't do it as one podcast. So they are separate episodes. Um, any more comments uh, here before we wrap up? Norman gives sound of a, her voice a nine. Uh, Davin has orgasm watching DS9. Well, maybe, you know, uh, you know, not every time. <laughs> Depends on how many I watch in a row. I'm only one man. De- Kevin gave Todd's orbit a one. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, and that was generous. <laughs> yeah. I did not like that episode either. Times Orphan is a zero. It's like it's like the last uh, appearance of Keiko until like the, the the season finale. Like right, like until we get to the final episode of the season. Yeah. So, and then anyway. Mirror Burial, I must have given a zero. I hope uh, I gave did. that a zero. 
Uh, let me oh, let me juggle check. What was that episode called? Um, Resurrection like, is it? Resurrection. Yeah. Uh, Kevin gave it a zero. Devin gave it a two. Make it a zero. All right. <laughs> uh, that is now the lowest rated episode ever. It's now at a zero point nine. It's not it's even hitting awful. one. It's so <laughs> it's not even a one. Yeah, I love it. It's so uh, bad. All right. Well, guys, thanks for being with us tonight. Thanks for all the people watching live. Uh, we really I have a trivia question it. for you guys. How can you make Burial worse? Answer? Mirror Burial. Mirror Burial. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. I like, let's bring in the Mirror Burial. Okay. Um, all right. Well, th with that, we'll sign off. Make sure to check out our other content here. With th There's no new Star Trek happening this month or next month, but I think we're uh, Star Trek Discovery coming back soon, Adam. So hopefully you and I will be talking to that. They haven't I don't announced know when. it yet. They haven't, they, haven't, they haven't told us. I'm not sure when it comes out. I don't think they know. Um, you know, I guess doesn't slow down our Star Trek content, though, does it? No, it does no, not sir. here on, on the channel. Uh, we had well, you just did that interview with Dr. Muhammad Noor, right? It wasn't um, an interview, it was a, a chill discussion about biology through the lens of Star Trek. Okay, and how did yeah. that go? It was awesome. We, we had a lot of fun. Asked some good, er, asked him some interesting questions, not interview style, but he's the expert, right? Right, so yeah, we, we uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Check it out. Uh, we have um, our second episode coming up on of the season coming up on December 6th where we're talking metaphysics with Richard Hanley, the writer of the metaphysics of Star Trek. Excellent. And, oh, and tomorrow, yeah, we're kicking off Trek 10. Trek 10 tomorrow. Where, where we're going to rank the top 10 plot points that should be picked up for a Star Trek legacy series. Oh, okay. There you go. Who are you doing that with? Buxley. Oh, good stuff. Um, Excellent, and you also got you. You did do an interview of those uh, the comic book writers, uh, Christopher Sakara and uh, yeah. Joe. Joe Weisman, yeah, we we yeah. had them on. That was really good. Um, cool guys, good comic. Uh, the Halloween story, um, and the, those guys will be on the graphic histories here soon, I believe. Oh, separately, cool. separately, yeah, excellent, cool, cool, and uh, make sure to check out us on Patreon, guys. We have mugs. And t-shirts and different things like that. Um, and we have our United Federation of Podcasts, a bigger uh, network of podcasts that we are a part of, which features all kinds of great shows like the X-Men podcast, X-Rated with Davin mm -hmm. and uh, Andre and other guests. I think I'm going on soon to talk about X-Men, the first movie. Yeah, uh, we're going to interview Robert Skier on Wednesday and you'll be on next week. I'm on next week to talk about X-Men, which was filmed partly here in Burlington. Just at the Spencer Smith Park, so that's why exciting. we're having you on for your. Um, I got real life got take some real street cred, guys. I just, I just, I ran through Liberty Island technically earlier tonight, so uh, <laughs> not literally. Uh, the, then the took a train to Hawaii. Uh, the Super Mater Brothers podcast still going on. We are brothers. <laughs> episodes of survivor 45 to cover uh we're down to the final seven i think uh so check us out wednesday as we cover that we also did the big brother season big brother 25 it was 100 days it nearly killed jimmy take a breath take a breath dave just relax sit back yeah. <laughs> the aiming on track uh, aiming on track podcast which davin was just on talking about the album thunder from smp mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i understand kevin will be the next guest to talk about nine inch nails uh yes 
That so. should, should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you should have Kevin on. He'll probably want to talk about Tool or something. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I'm glad I don't disappoint. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, um, and then Jane would really like that. Hold up. Also, a movie podcast with uh, Davin and Murphy on every second Wednesday. Talking radio movies well, in the near future. Second Wednesday-ish. Ish, you know? <laughs> And of yeah, course, we'll be back. Debates. We'll be back on the twenty eighth talking radio movies. When's that trivial debates episode happening? It's cursed, man. Now they're saying Friday. Friday? Okay. All right. Well, um, just a happy Thanksgiving to all our American viewers, listeners out there that will coming up this week. Um, and we hope you have a good uh, time out there. Uh, you know, however you celebrate. Uh, in Canada, it will be nothing. Da- or I guess uh, Kevin and I are going curling to celebrate Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> Hit that prematurely. So, uh, uh, on that note, guys, we'll see you all here next time here on Live Long and Podcast, Deep Space Nine Review. Um, and we'll see you there. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Any requests for, for a, a clip? Um, oh, this one's good. Uh, a bum. A bum? <laughs> a bum. Uh, I thought we got out. Like, we're done with that guy. No, no Malcolm's the best. He's He'll not the best. He's, we'll leave it on this. Please go away. We'll leave it on this one. Thanks to everyone, and see you next time. Jadzia's death has made us all a little cuckoo. Yeah. Now let's get out of here. <laughs>